0: to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc., they are all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two. I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, how's it going? I hope everyone is doing well. This is actually a special episode, uh, as it is an episode that is by request. And I want to thank Mujib, uh, who reached out to me both in person, uh, one time after a Friday prayer, and also sent me an email. Uh, I don't have to divulge the details of all of that, but he had mentioned that he was interested uh, or he would like me to discuss a little bit about some points to keep in mind as people enter the workforce and you know what does practicing one's faith or practicing Islam you know prayer these type of things in the workforce what does it mean Uh, so this episode is to answer those type of questions and I want to make a couple of introductory remarks uh, maybe not a couple but just some introductory things to keep in mind this is not a podcast or an episode about career advice. So I'm not talking about what is the best job for you, what is the best type of career for you. Uh, that's a different discussion altogether. That maybe one time you know we can all have and and it's very important because you know nothing is is worse than being stuck in a career or a job that you know drives you mad or makes you miserable. But this is not this discussion. I'm assuming, uh, in my comments that are going to be forthcoming now shortly that people are in a job or in a career and working, and they're questioning, okay, how do I maintain my prayer? How do I maintain my, um, you know, if you, when Ramadan comes, you know, fasting, how do you deal with, you know, uh, gender relations? Uh, how do you deal with mixed gatherings, you know, after work, those type of things. That's what I, I'm going to discuss. So keep keep that in mind. And the, the other thing I want to mention is that this is a really important question, both the question or the series of questions that we'll answer hopefully in this episode, but also the other question of what kind of job or career is right for me. Those are really important because for the vast, vast majority of us will spend the vast, vast majority of our time and our life, therefore, working. Uh, so that's got to add up. And that's one of the you know reasons why we were created. We were created partly to to do something with our fellow human beings that help develop and create a better world. That's actually one of the reasons the Quran posits we were created. So it's, it's something that we definitely should be spending more time talking about. So let's start with um, sort of if we go through a generic like nine to five type of day. Uh, and again, I know that this might not fit every single person's scenario, but again, I'm just trying to generalized so we can draw lessons and hopefully people can adapt based on what makes sense for them okay so you're going to wake up in the morning you know you have to do your morning stuff you gotta you know you're gonna pray fedra you gotta uh, wash change shower all that breakfast all that kind of stuff but in the midst of all of that i would recommend that one make sure that they leave the house in a state of wudu and having placed socks on themselves uh whether those socks be thick or thin uh so this would apply for both men and women Here uh, I'm thinking ahead about having to make wudu later during the day if needs be and using the dispensation that you can wipe over your socks and using specifically the humble opinion that even if the socks are thin uh, that would be okay. So that's one way to save a lot of trouble later during the day is that go out of the house making sure that you have wudu and you've placed the socks on your feet and of course the socks have to cover your ankle and uh, you you have that you know, sort of tool ready if you have to, if, if needs be. Uh, the second thing I would say is that a lot of us commute. And um, I mean, I've commuted for so long. So I mean, this is a, a real sensitive topic for me. I mean, sometimes it can be a, a deathly long commute. But one of the things I have found is that in that commute, if you are using public transportation of different kinds, and or if you are carpooling, You also have the luxury of reading, uh, listening to, I mean, I like to listen to sometimes audiobooks or podcasts, other podcasts, and that's a good use of time. So I feel that the time is not wasted. actually sometimes if I'm really into what I'm listening to, if it's a great book or it's like, you know, a very long podcast and I just, I actually anticipate, I can't wait to get back in the car either to or from work so that I can continue listening which is not how my more negative commutes were, where it's just sort of dragging yourself out to commute. So, don't let that time go to waste. Even if you're driving yourself, or if you um, are not using tra- public transportation, you know some people bikes. You know you can still listen now with the technologies. There's a lot of audiobook platforms, uh, also in multiple languages. I have come to find. I've, I think there's also an audiobook type of platform for Arabic books. But anyway, that's not for for necessarily for us right now. Uh, and also. Um, uh, podcasts you know on, on different type of platforms whether it be uh, apple platform or android very easy to get all for free uh, i mean the podcasts usually are for free the the audiobooks tend to be for money but it's a good use of your time and you can you can add a lot to your day by doing that so you arrive at work sort of feeling you, you you've accomplished something already now the first sort of set of islam related quote-unquote islam related questions at work or like for me i'm thinking wudu and prayer so other than having the socks just in case you need to make wudu during the day uh, i would almost recommend universally for everybody just combine your prayers Uh, meaning that i would tend to avoid praying at work and praying when I return home, as long as the times work, again, it depends on, you know, when Maghrib is going to come in and things like that. But to make sure that I pray Dhuhr and Asr combined together as four rakahs each, because you can't shorten prayers unless you're traveling. But there is a hadith in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet, peace be upon him, combined his prayers in Medina for for no reason, meaning he wasn't traveling, etc. And the Shafi's take from this, uh, the opinion that it is permissible to combine your prayers, meaning combining Dhuhr and Asr in either time, either in Dhuhr or in Asr time, uh, and also combining Maghrib and Aisha in either time, either in Maghrib or Aisha time, uh, without shortening for for no reason. So in this case, there actually is uh, a reason, uh, difficulty of finding a prayer place, etc. And I would just delay my prayers until I get home. If it's like, say, uh, summer, uh, spring summer time where maghrib is a little bit later sort of towards the end of fall and winter uh, when maghrib time comes up that might be a little bit trickier difficult depending on when you have to uh, leave work and, and things like that but i would definitely combine the prayers so that any interruption in the work day ends up becoming once uh, so if i have to pray at work it's going to be to pray eight rakahs an and i just knock that out and also I don't make my prayer at work. It's not like a spiritual retreat. I mean, some people, I've seen this, you know, they, they get into this mode where, you know, like the prayer times, like, takes like 45, 50 minutes. Uh, it, it, Dhuhr and Asr are not meant to, to take that long. It's not Tarawih prayer. This is not, like, you know, Tahajjud. This is not Atikaf in Ramadan. I mean, it's just Dhuhr and Asr prayer. So knock them out, you know, with all of their conditions and everything, but don't, don't make that like an hour break. It's, it's not meant to be like that. And then that way, when you come, if the need arises that you ask your employer, which is very acceptable and, and very normal for an accommodation, they also know that this is something that's going to last a few minutes. Uh, I mean, this is a bad, you know, sort of analogy, but when, when people take like a cigarette break, I mean, I don't even know if people still do that, but I mean, some places, you know, that still happens, you know, it takes a lot longer to smoke a cigarette than it does um, to pray. Again, depending on the speed of, of both activities. But you get my point. In, in other words, that there shouldn't be a problem in accommodating. I need like five to seven minutes uh, to knock out these prayers. And then in that case, if you are praying at work and you had the socks on from the morning, then when you go to the bathroom and you make wudu, again, it's not slip and slide. You don't need to you know make the whole bathroom wet. Uh, if you looked at the Sunnah texts that speak about the amount of water that the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to make wudu, it's like a cup of water, was his entire wudu. So this idea of, you know, uh, splashing water all over the place, you know, coming out, looking like you like fell in a, in a well, I mean, that's not what what the result of the wudu is supposed to be. You know, you can use a little bit of water, uh, you can properly, you know, cover all of the needed body parts with water and wash them appropriately with all of the conditions, you know, all the fiqh conditions uh, without looking like, you know, you, you just got caught in the rain. So again, there's no reason to embellish and overdo these things, especially in in, in the workplace. So you can make wudu easily. You have your socks on. You can wipe on your socks. And look, if it's wintertime and you're wearing boots and the boots cover your ankles and you wore those boots in the morning on top of your socks after having made wudu in the first place, you can wipe over your shoes. You can wipe over those boots as long as the boots cover your ankle. And you can pray in those boots. So again, this is like ways to make the prayer, wudu and prayer, super easy. So that's prayer and wudu. Uh, sort of next sort of cluster of issues, I think, thinking about this as sort of interactions with people. A lot of Muslims, they, um, again, and I'm, I might be making over generalizations, and I apologize if this doesn't apply. But a lot of people, they sort of have issues with well, how do I deal with, with you know, uh, gender issues at work. Uh, how do I deal with, um, you know, non-Muslims or people that are different, etc.? Sometimes some people, they get tripped up, tripped up about that. And one thing is to realize is that, you know, people are people. You know, We don't have to think about people as, oh, uh, Muslim, non-Muslim, you know, men. People are just people. And you, you need to deal with people equally with respect. And a lot of times this is really important to remind ourselves with specifically when it comes to like gender interactions there's no if you're a guy and you're dealing with with women at work there's no reason to act all weird and, and vice versa if you're a woman and you're dealing with a guy there's no reason to act all weird. just act the same with everybody and if you do that you can avoid a lot of the problems that happen in the workplace due to these issues and these problems are real and in the current climate that we live in you know it there's a like a magnifying glass on these issues and it's it's really being discussed in all quarters and the the most important mode to to have is just to be the same with people to be equally respectful not to be overly nice to one person or over the other so that it's interpreted as being flirtatious you know not not being overly m- mean or cynical to one pr- person or group in the workspace over another so that you're seen as being you know, bias, but just trying to deal with everybody equally. And look, these are people that you spend hours and hours and hours with every day. In some cases, if you if you take a certain chunk of time, uh, a month or a quarter or a year, you might spend more time with these people than you do with your own family, you know, hour-wise hour or members of your own family. So it's very important that you are invested in those work relationships the right way. Uh, so to be, you know, even keel about it, and consistent and uh, equal in in the interaction and 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 things like that as far as things like handshaking uh, you know I follow the opinion that the handshaking is not haram here I'm talking about cross-gender you know men and women handshaking Uh, and the uh, the scholars of the later period when they looked into this issue uh, they found that there was no prohibition uh, necessarily prohibition against this and this is sort of an opinion that I follow Uh, because again it's just very odd i mean every now not only do people shake hands but people you know hug each other in the workplace and everywhere so i mean to go to somebody that's about to shake your hand and i don't shake hands it becomes a sort of very weird and super embarrassing thing so just you know shake hands and be professional just like you shake a guy's hand you shake a woman's hand equally again the idea is being equal consistent not putting too much meaning into that so that it becomes awkward when you put too much meaning into something you become awkward the issue, the the interaction becomes awkward. Then you become awkward and weird, I and mean, that's sort of what you want to avoid in those type of situations. Um, another set of questions or a cluster of issues is after work activities. You know, you got to sometimes you have to put in time after work. And again, I'm I am making generalizations here. Not every career is the same way. I understand that, but for large groups of people, this is part of work. Is you know you go out with your colleagues. Uh, And in the Western world, which I live in most of the most of the year, and I'm assuming people listening to this also, and I know this because I look at the stats on SoundCloud and iTunes and all that. So I, I know that most of you are in the West is that, you know, people go out drinking that when we when we go out after work, it's it's usually to grab a drink, a happy hour, this or that. And a lot of times Muslims, they feel uncomfortable, well, for obvious reasons, because we don't drink and it's a, it's considered a major sin and all of that. But if you are a minority community and you live in the United States or Canada or Europe, you know, if you're a minority community, uh, all these places have alcohol. The grocery store has alcohol. Restaurants have alcohol. So it's not. It's not. There's no prohibition against going. The prohibition is just. Just don't drink. That's what we don't do. So I just you know order club soda or something like that or cranberry juice. Or I don't know whatever, and you know put in the time uh, so you're like a team player with everyone. Uh, you know you can socialize a little bit and then when it's time to go you can go. You don't have to, again, read too much into that. Uh, and some people might be shocked by that. I mean, I, I, I used to have a lot of colleagues in England. So I used to travel a lot to England and London. And the drinking culture, there's even more you know pronounced than, than it is in the United States. It's almost like a fard, like every day after work, we're going to go to the pub and things like that. Now, the pub, that I definitely felt uncomfortable because that's it's only for for drinking. So that was maybe not the best experience. But it was like waiting for the table of the restaurant across the the alleyway so it, it actually didn't last more than like 10 15 minutes but um can you as a muslim the fiqh question is can you as a muslim you know go to a place in which there is drinking uh if it's if you're a minority community as i mentioned earlier the answer is you know yes um of course with the caveat that you're not drinking because that's you know <laughs> there's no dispensation for that and you have to play it, you have to use your best judgment. Sometimes we feel that unless we do these things, we're not going to advance in our career. And that's a very dangerous way of thinking. And that's actually, I have found, not to be true at all. I think people respect other people that are very clear with their own values and can communicate those values in a very positive way to other people. And they respect that. So don't do things because you feel you have to do them to get ahead. And definitely don't compromise your values thinking that you have to do that to get to get ahead. Because if you do that, then it's going to be an internal justification for you to compromise your values down the line. And it might be a greater compromise. And then that can, that can compound and it become greater and greater and greater. And you're always justifying yourself. At the end of the day, as a believing person, we believe that our sustenance, our rizq comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying be uh, you know, a uh, stiff and and not be sociable. No, this whole all my whole message is about being consistent, being nice, you know, being equal with people, that's very important. But you have to also feel empowered to tell people that when when it's about to cross a line, I don't I don't feel comfortable. And that's, you know, like people that have a drinking problem uh or are recovering alcoholics. You know, they're not expected to go to those places. It might be too hard for them. And then therefore your colleagues would respect that. Maybe you can suggest, well, let's go another place, uh, a restaurant rather than a bar or something like that. If it's like an ongoing type of social, you know, periodic social outing with, with the people, with, with your colleagues. So it's not black and white. The fiqh issue is simple to deal with if you're a minority. But there's also a lot of nuance. You can, you can suggest other places. You can suggest other activities. You know, if, if you don't feel comfortable, just say, you know, I'm, I don't feel comfortable. You know, go once, but don't go three times and I'm busy. I have other appointments, that's also you know, true, you have other things that you have to do in your life. So you don't have to feel um, sort of pressured to to compromise on something. But it's important that we know what we can compromise in, what's Islamically valid and versus what's not Islamically valid. Uh, and in that way we can find sort of our own natural way of dealing with these issues. Okay, so we talked about prayer, wudu. We talked about sort of gender um, and sort of dealing with other people in general, and outings uh, with alcohol. Um, and I think that um, I think that that's it. Uh, maybe one one of the last things I would like to say about this, and I hope uh, this is helpful. And if it is, let me know. If it's not, definitely let me know so I can improve. Uh, I want to constantly improve. You know the message and the quality of the of the podcast. I would say at the end is that sort of just picking up on this idea of being uh, consistent and being able to c- communicate your values, if you come from an ethnically Muslim background and you have an ethnically Muslim sounding name and you know it's sort of like, quote, "It's obvious that you look like you're Muslim or you're different or something like that, you have to be cognizant of that fact. You know that sometimes you, you need to, to work a little bit more, to let people at work know that you know you're a colleague that they don't need to think of you as like oh this is the muslim colleague well i'm just a colleague i just i happen to be muslim and that way your interactions at work are based on work so if you're you know an engineer and you're working like in an engineering firm or or a company an engineering company you know you're there for your skill sets as an engineer um same goes for any type of other other type of of career or profession we're all different everyone has different backgrounds and, and everyone is from somewhere and and there's so many multiple faiths and multiple cultures and multiple language groups but sometimes because of the way islam is portrayed in the media and 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 the negativity associated oftentimes with islam and muslims you do need to be sensitive to that so you you want to just sort of put people at ease um, but you also don't want to go over overboard and and always make the conversation about that don't be that person that's always you know steering the conversation to religion uh, because religion at the end of the day is a private affair uh, and especially in the Western world, it's it's you know it where where we sort of uh, you know profess that we are a secular type of society. It definitely is private and separate, therefore, from the workplace, from politics, and things like that. And everyone is free to have their own beliefs. And uh, that's fine. And that's sort of one of the wonders and the beauties of the human condition. Allah Ta'ala says that we have all of these differences of of speech and race and, and background and culture and even religious beliefs. This is one of the the ayat, one of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So be cognizant of it. Like in my case, you know, I, I look Arab, I guess, and I definitely have a Arabic name. So I know when I go somewhere that people are, are going to, you know, might pause and kind of look at me and, you know, I, I just want to make sure that I make them comfortable. I don't want to make it more odd but at the same time i want people to deal with me because of me not because of some sort of sort of preconceived notions and i don't have to therefore assume that i speak for all of islam or all of muslims and things like that so i think that finding that balance in the initial engagement is also important and, and is a good way to set the tone for the rest of your work relationship i'll leave it there for now uh, i'm sure there are other subtopics or scenarios that we could think up of maybe at some point in the next uh, few weeks we could have a part two but I'll leave it there for now Uh, I hope this was helpful I'll talk to you all soon